1: And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Benched with Bubba, continuing our team-by-team season previews to get you ready for the 2023 fantasy baseball season. And we go to the NL West, to the Los Angeles Dodgers, probably one of the best teams in all of baseball, not probably one of the best teams in all of baseball, for real life and for fantasy. So we will uh, have fun breaking this whole squad down. In order to break them down, as a friend of mine, a friend of the show, a friend of the fantasy world, you find his wonderful work over on FTN Fantasy and on Twitter at RotoGut. Flat Settler, how you doing, my friend?
0: What's up, Bubba? Always, uh, always good to chat with you. And looks like we, we we do this usually about once a year. Talk a little yep. Dodgers, throw a little Giants in there. It's always fun.
1: Yep, always a good time. Uh, before we get rocking and rolling, let everybody know what you got going on, FTN, because you're a busy, busy man.
0: Yeah, it's uh, ftnfantasy.com. Sign up. Uh, actually can can use uh, uh, promo code Settler to, to get 20% off, but basically just loaded with, uh, with content. NFPC points, dynasty auction, whatever you need. We got it. We got you covered on Twitter. and am at uh, RotoGut. Yeah, a lot of great content over there. The draft guide's awesome. Good, good people, good stuff.
1: And you get, you know, the VDP and all the good stuff. So you better sign up for that, enjoy it, and have some fun. But let's talk Dodgers. This is a fun, fun team as always. And, you know, they lost a couple pieces and Trey Turner and a few others, but still loaded, loaded team. Nothing to worry about there. And we'll start up top with Mookie Betts over the last two weeks has an ADP of 10. He's got the power, he's got the speed, he scores a million runs. He's got, you know, average. He went 7th in the labor draft. Uh what are what are our thoughts on Mookie Betts in the 2023?
0: Uh well, I mean, first of all, just looking at the Dodgers as a whole, um I think it's kind of worth noting that this is a this is a different looking roster than we're used to in the past. Uh there's some very clear competition openings. There's some new guys that can can really make a push, guys that you know, I'm sure we'll talk about later in the draft. Uh, but um, it's just a different dynamic. I think the Padres are a little bit closer to this team in general. Uh, and it's not just going to be just easy uh, walking away with this division. Obviously, you know, you, losing Walker Bueller and everything. Obviously, with Mookie Betts and this team, they're very, very strong up top. Uh, but there, there there, could be, you know, there could be some bumps along the road. I don't think it's going to be as, as smooth as, as many people think. At least until maybe we get Otani. We'll see if that even uh, comes to fruition. Yeah. Um, no. But, but yeah, Mookie Brett, Mookie Betts. Um, it's interesting. There aren't as many Dodgers as you would think um, in the even the top hundred ADP. Yeah. You basically just have you know Betts, uh, Freddie Freeman, Urias, and and Will Smith. That's really it. But obviously, I think Mookie Betts is a solid first rounder. Uh, not somebody I'm really. Uh, I've been ending up with a lot of shares with. Um, you know, you know me, I've have got a dozen drafts at this point. Uh, but usually at that point in the draft, for whatever reason, um, and I hate to do it, but I'm, I've been taking a Padre. I've been taking Juan Soto over over him kind of looking for a nice little bounce back. Um, I think Mookie, yeah, I think there are going to be some tough things for him to repeat. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to repeat the 35 homers. That uh, was a career best. Um, it was the first time since 2018 that he hit over 30 homers. So in uh, 117 runs, it's going to be a lot tougher to score now. Uh, no Trey Turner in the mix, a little bit different uh, of a squad there. And I don't know how much he's going to be running either. And He had kind of really struggled down the stretch in September. And on top of that, he's not really a 290 hitter anymore as he, as he used to be. He's been in the 260s the last couple of years. So um not saying he's a bust. I'm, it's Mookie Betts. I'm sure he'll be great, and he's still only 30 or 29. Uh, but uh, he's not like an auto-click for me uh, in the middle of the first round.
1: Yeah, it's at that part of the first round where there's a lot of options. you got your Jordans, you know, injury, no injury, discussion there. Bobby Witt, Betts, Vladito, Soto, they're all kind of – going around that same pocket. So if you do believe in the Soto bounce back, that's a former top five pick. So you can definitely see some some appeal there as well. And I think we all agree he's not going to be as bad as it was when he came to San Diego last year. So it should be some promise for Soto too. Uh, Freddie Freeman, he's another guy going early. It is funny you mentioned four guys in the top 100, like the Braves, I did their show I think it's six guys in the top like fifty or something. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous, but still, you got Freddie Freeman, ADP of around fifteen right now. He's one of the top first basemen outside of Larito. He's in between Alonzo and Vlad. Um, the average is is always pretty consistent with Freddie. It's just the power last year kind of struggled a bit, but I, I I think we'd imagine a little better this year. But what's your thoughts on Freddie Freeman, especially at the end of the first round?
0: Yeah, I mean it's about as solid as a pick you can get. Uh, we always talk about. We don't necessarily need to hit a home run with a first round pick. And if you're if you're at the back end of the first round or, or early second round, just looking to pair, you know, pitcher or whatever else you're looking for there, he's great. Uh, because he is always healthy. He's always gonna rack up the plate appearances. He's basically at a um, hundred and fifty eight plus games, like basically playing a full season in four of the last five, not counting twenty twenty. Um, and just looking at the plate appearances like 708, 695, 692, 707. That is incredibly valuable when you think about um, 700 plate appearances of a guy that basically is hitting 300 um, every season. Elite batting average, elite plate discipline. Uh, you know, even reduced his uh, strikeout rate last year to under 15%, stole at more bases than he ever has before, 13 um, scored as many runs as Mookie Betts last year with 117. And yeah, the drop in power from 31 to 21. Uh, but man, it's it's really hard to imagine uh, him him hitting that few home runs again this season. So in many ways, I I like Freddie Freeman pretty much almost even more than Mookie Betts this season.
1: I can see that because it's the consistency, of the year after year after year production. And I agree, the power should come back. It's like a fun discussion. Then if if you think the power comes back, do you like him more than Vlad Guerrero Junior.
0: That's um, interesting. yeah. I mean, it's still yeah. For me, for example, it would it would still be. Vlad Guerrero Jr. Uh, just because of the, the the massive power upside, you know, in the first yeah. round, um, you know, if you're getting 40 plus home runs a little bit of uh, you kind of split the difference between the last two seasons on him, you're getting some goodness. But yeah, Freddie Freeman kind of feels underrated just because he's yep. boring every year, which is hard to say for a borderline a second round pick.
1: Boring is good. Boring is beautiful, as they sometimes say. Uh, let's go behind the dish here. Will Smith had a, another really, really strong season for the Dodgers. Played in 137 games, back-to-back 130-plus games, which is nice from the catcher's position. Pretty consistent numbers in back-to-back years in the power and the the runs production and, and average. ADP close to 60, which isn't too bad. Like the, the third catcher off the board, fourth in some leagues, depending on if someone loves Adley Rushman or not. But, um, Will Smith, what are your thoughts on him going into 2023?
0: Uh, I mean, at some point you just, you kind of expecting that, that, that big massive season, uh, or, or so we would hope, but I think it, it's always a little bit, of, it's always a bit limited, uh, because he is a catcher, uh, because he does need occasional rest days and especially difficult this season because you've got JD Martinez in the mix, who, as long you know. as he's healthy, is going to be DHing uh, every single day, which limits, uh, will smith's opportunities at least in comparison to last year so 578 plate appearances last year 501 the year before it's probably a good range for him somewhere around 550 he gets over 600 when he does hit it'll be in the middle of that lineup um and he's he's got great power uh, pretty solid plate discipline as well uh, reduced his strikeout rate last year from 20 down to 16 percent. he's always at a iso over 200 always a barrel rate over 10 percent, always a hard Heard hit rate over 43 percent he's one of the the best hitting catchers in baseball and maybe there's another level maybe he does get better uh, but 87 runs is, is pretty impressive i'm sorry 87 rbi is pretty impressive for a guy under 600 plate appearances who happens to be a catcher so he's worth it um, you know for for where he goes in the draft it's just a matter of um, how someone is constructing the rosters and if they want to make him a part of it
1: yeah i'm curious to see the playing time for him this year because with the jd martinez thing is how many games does that take off of him? Is is the, is the question I have, which will be fun to watch. I th- I still think they want to get him out there as much as possible, obviously. And JD still has to bounce back if he's kind of producing like he was in Boston. They'll easily put Will Smith at DH for a game mm-hmm. and put JD to the bench. So there's a lot of what ifs, obviously, to look at. But I am in, intrigued because yeah, New Year's last year was easy to give him days off and put him at DH compared to this upcoming season. Uh, Max Muncy, this is a fun one. Second base, third base, eligible. ADP around 137, 138 the last couple of weeks. Uh, we all kind of know the story. The average was really bad last year, but the second half was much, much better. Still walked a ton, which was good to see. Um, it like the second half was an elite by any means, but it was much better than the first half, let me clarify. And there's kind of some optimism. I'm still scared because he never had the surgery to begin with, but there was yeah. promise this past year to see some development as the season went on. So what's your thoughts on Muncie for 2023?
0: Yeah, it's a couple things here. It's it's the health and and the elbow. And if and if he does end up playing um, 130 plus games again, he should easily hit value at that ADP, so long as it doesn't move up into the top hundred. And it also has to be a roster construction fit. I have to understand that uh, this is somebody that you know could hit around the Mendoza again. I think it's more likely that he's in the 220 to 250 range. Uh, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that uh, you are taking on a lot of batting average risk at that time. So you want to be, you know, you have a, a Soto, Freddie Freeman start. Uh, you can absorb a little something like that if you, you know, if you if you want some uh, some power there. Uh, but again, this is a guy that uh, previous to last season, um, in the three full years before that, I mean, I think he's one of only two or three guys who had three straight seasons of 35 home runs. So the power is legit. Um, He's one of the walk rate leaders over the last few years. He's basically always over 14, 15%, which is very impressive. And he'll have a a, a clutch lineup spot there in the middle of the lineup, have a lot of uh, opportunities to produce. Uh, I was kind of off the Muncie train earlier in the season, just wanted earlier in draft season, wanted no part of it. And lately I've been been clicking on that button uh, around his ADP, sometimes even before. Problem is um, a lot of people seem to be on the same train. When you think of like, cleanup hitter for the Dodgers or you know number three hitter like it's a good spot to be in um so it's really just the average the health and you know roster construction fit
1: yeah I've been clicking that button a lot as well because for me it's you know everyone talks about the third base cliff after like Bregman and and Gunner well Muncy fits right in there if you want to go that direction and is the health is the concern but that's also why he's going at that ADP if we knew he was healthy he'd be going in the top 100 probably being the 30 plus home run guy so I've, I've been intrigued. I'm going to probably have to temper it down and spread out my resources eventually. But uh, I'm with you on the uh, the Muncie train. You mentioned J.D. Martinez already. He got uh, signed, obviously, from the Red Sox as a free agent. But uh, ADP of 202 last year. Still hit for a decent average at 274, but the power was completely gone from J.D. Martinez. Um, going to be 35, which kind of surprised me when I saw that. I'm like, he's that old already? which, you know, we're older than that, but it's a, for baseball terms, 35. Um, what's your thoughts on JD? Because maybe new, new place, old coaches, stuff like that could be a good thing.
2: There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all.
0: I mean, I I like him a lot. Even I think that the key is is I mean, it's pretty obvious. But if you uh, if you have Otani, uh, do not draft JD Martinez, especially in a draft champions. You don't want to be stuck in that spot. Um, As a matter of fact, my very first DC uh, in December, I timed out. I had Otani as my first round pick. I think it took him like twelfth overall. And later on in the draft, my one timeout was JD Martinez. So I'll be in a pickle there. Yeah, with with two outfield, uh, two utility guys uh but i think he's i think if you take away the utility if he's not getting probably won't get the outfield eligibility but if he if he did it's a guy that's a, it would be a top 100 top 120 pick yeah. um you know i think drop off in production last year really wasn't all that insane it was just really a big difference with the with you know rbi's nearly 40 less uh, runs batted in 12 less homers in nearly the same amount of plate appearances is about 38 but everything else kind of matched up. You know, last two seasons, barrel rate was around the same, 12.5%. Um, on base percentage, walk rate, strikeout rate, everything very similar over the last couple of years. Um, reunited with the guy that helped him, helped him get going back in the day, uh, hitting coach uh, Robert Van Skoyak. And, um, you know, could, could be a really good fit. So uh, I, I like it. And um, I, I'm into him. There's, it, there was some initial um, kind of pause when he first signed I just had wanted no part of it and it's funny how that works I hope it's not like a bias that because I like the Dodgers like all of a sudden I was like oh no Muncy or Martinez for me and now I'm like all about both of them well they're in good spots
1: in a good lineup and you know the ADPs are very very intriguing for the talent level so it's not crazy to think about now we get into the deeper parts of the lineup here and we'll start with Gavin Lux ADP of 226 this offseason has been an up and down for Gavin Lux playing time with guys moving and signing and doing other things hit for average last year in his first full run with the team, but still power and speed is I don't know if it's what people are wanting from, from Gavin Lux. I've always been out on Gavin Lux until he proves to me. Otherwise, what's your thoughts on him going into 2023?
0: Yeah, I'm not as bullish as, um, as I have been in the past. And, and maybe this is the year that ends up hurting me. And the thing about, you know, fantasy, I mean, you, you can't, you, you can't just say, Oh, well, you know, he's going to burn me. Well, everything you can do in every round of the draft can burn you or can help yeah. you. You know, no one guy is really going to, going to, going to thwart you. Uh, and the fact that I don't think that his upside, I don't think he's going to ever be an upside to the point where he can be a second or third round pick. I don't think he's all of a sudden going to be hitting 30 home runs and stealing 20 plus bases. Cause I just don't think who that, that is who he is. Uh, he is a former first round pick. He was a very, a very highly rated prospect. And I think he'll be a really, Solid major leaguer. He added 20 pounds over the off season, Wants to improve you know, bat speed, and um, you know there's some there's some positives here. Um, you know, for example, like I don't think he's gonna hit under 10 home runs this year. I think you'll see the power tick up a little bit. I think uh, without being kind of jerked around and not being in a platoon and just sticking one place as the team shortstop, hopefully you know, somewhere like hitting seventh, sixth. Uh, I think he can gain some some momentum. Uh, I think he can hit it for average, uh, in, in, in improve his plate discipline and get you like a 15-15 season. I think it's within the realm. That said, uh, just have not been clicking that button just because there are just other plays usually that I'm more interested in that I think can provide a, a, a more clear profit for me.
1: Yeah, he's, he's definitely not a guy I, I've been clicking. Who do you think put on more muscle, him or Jeremy Pena?
0: Man, that Jeremy Pena's tricep alone put on <laughs> more muscle than anyone.
1: Yeah, I think Hulk Hogan's jealous of that one. He had his vitamins and his milk on that one. Um, let's go to Miguel Vargas here. He's, um, the Dodgers have been raving about him, said they want to give him the full second base job, which moved his ADP up to the 225s, as high as 182 in the last two weeks. Then the news comes out, fractured finger. Um, they're not too concerned about it. They're saying like he should be fine by opening day. Assuming he's fine by opening day, how are we feeling about Miguel Vargas? This is a dude that showed some nice power in the minor leagues.
0: Yeah, I think this is one of those cases where it's just like a – and I want to say, like, a, he's not. I don't know about future All Star in the making, but just a future solid fantasy pick. And this will be the only time to get him at this price. I think he's going to move up in the lineup as he goes. Uh, I don't know how much he's going to run necessarily, but you know, obviously somebody that uh, has run before. I mean, sixteen swipes last season in, in about five hundred plate appearances in AAA. Um, he's got some power. I think he's going to be a good contact guy. He's been consistently. Uh, over three hundred, a, a solid on base percentage guy as well. Uh, just four over four hundred alone in in triple A. So I think he'll be a, a really welcomed addition. Um, and I had been drafting him a lot earlier on. Now the market sort of caught up and uh, have not been able to to get him at a reasonable price. It comes a, a lot of times where, I mean, man, he's cracking the top two hundred. That's a lot tougher of a sell for me. Uh, and now you got the finger thing. I think that you know that that's gonna affect anything regardless. So um, Basically, just happy I got some early shares at a much cheaper rate. And that was you know, beyond ADP 250. Uh, but if it cl- uh, creeps into the top 200, I, th- I think I would probably be out.
1: Yeah, got you on that one. Uh, a couple other guys here. Just if you have any quick thoughts on them, they just signed David Peralta to, to potentially platoon in the outfield. You got Chris Taylor, who we've seen in the Dodgers uniform for a while and have moments of really good fantasy value. You know, everyone's looking at Jason Hayward's new approach at the plate. Trace Thompson's out there. Any of those potential outfielder platoon guys of interest for you in fantasy?
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, the guy that, the, the, a couple of guys interest me. I think Trace Thompson interests me because something's different with him uh, from you know, his previous days with the Dodgers or with the White Sox pre pandemic. If you look at all of his power uh, metrics, they've all significantly improved uh, from that previous time period. So I don't know what it is. If he unlocks something, I don't know if he's taken something. You know, I don't want to ever. I guess I kind of am making an assumption when I say something like (laughs) it, but there has to be a reason for it. And I hope it's a good reason. But if it's legit and it's real, then that's something worth noting. And especially when you're looking at an ADP beyond four or four hundred. Good. So him I'm interested in. I think David Peralta can be streamable at certain points. I think there's just something about when you join the Dodgers and you're around that 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 energy. Uh, some things end up clicking, so you might have a little bit of a bounce back. The guy I'm most interested in uh, actually is James Outman. Uh, I would love to see him make the team. Uh, I think he's a um, you know somebody that can be a, a very viable fantasy asset as as early as this season. Uh, and I think he's you know pretty mature, 25 year old. And I think you know like I think the fact that Jason Hayward is kind of making this late season push and and getting all this love. Um, I think that uh, is maybe not great for Outman, but we'll see. We'll see how things happen.
1: Yeah, Altman's got an ADP of 477 over the last two weeks. I have a lot of sh- early, like, December January shares nice. of Outman. so um, I'm a fan of that. That's then they bring Peralta, bring Hayward. My guy, like, guys, stop it. Stop yep. being the Dodgers for, like, two minutes, please. And um, we'll see what happens. But I guess, you know, you got those two veterans in the way. Probably not going to last the whole season. That's mm-hmm. one thing to think about. Uh, let's go to the mound here, and we'll start with uh, Julio Urias. It's been a A fun offseason to watch baseball Twitter have issues with Julio Urias. It's a guy that I've talked about on other shows like Toby and Ryan that I've just come to the realization I have to accept he's not going to throw a ton of innings, but his innings are going to be ridiculously quality innings. He's going to rack up a ton of um, wins along the way, and I just got to kind of accept that's who he is. ADP of almost 60, Vlad. Are we in on Urias again this year, or is it like eventually this – quote-unquote, some people call a luck box, going to come running out.
0: No, there's no luck box. I mean, he's uh, this is my even Dudger bias aside, this has been like uh, a guy that's dominated two of the four primary um, Roto pitching categories for the last couple seasons. Uh, He was the SP3 overall last season, and this is considering, uh, if you think about it, a guy that did not eclipse 185 innings, which is still a lot of innings, uh, comparatively speaking, and does not get a lot of strikeouts. He's not more than a K per nine, you know, K per nine guy. Yet still, he was the SP three because he really induces so much soft contact. He's really tough to hit, um, and he's he's a great pitcher. Uh, I mean, a, a, you know, two sixteen ERA. I'd say it just doesn't happen by accident. Your X ERA is even under three. Um, you know, people are looking at you know FIP and X FIP like you know closer to three and a half four well he continuously out uh, there're just some guys that um, outproduce their expected numbers every single year maybe at some point they catch up to him but um he's really good and in 175 innings last season 31 starts 185 seasons the season before uh 32 starts and if i'm not mistaken he's got more than i mean his wins i mean wins is a category and i understand that it's a it's impossible you know they're tough to predict but over the last two seasons, what what is it? His lead over the second most amount of wins is insane. It is yeah. – what is it? He's got 37 wins over the last two seasons. The next best is Garrett Cole at 29. That's I pretty mean,
1: good. Yeah. Eight's a big number for two seasons. Yeah. No, and I'm with you. I say luck box because there's guys talking about how he gets lucky, he gets all that, but – I told you I've I've come to the realization that I need to just realize this guy's really, really good and I need to stop like trying to overthink it. Like the first year when he threw the 185, I was like, There's no way he can throw that many innings. Then he did it. And I was worried the second year after that big a jump and he did it again. It's like, okay, just get over yourself and realize this is who he is and uh, impressive. Before we go to the rest of the pitchers, I do want to ask, and it could be pure speculation. You could have no answer on this if you want. Um, everybody talks about it, it's been proven, like Eno's talked about it, it's in the stats. The Dodgers are phenomenal at limiting the BABIP a, lot, a big reason being the shift and everything they do and you look at like the top 10 BABIP guys like three of them are usually Dodgers or something like it's it's proven. How do you think that might affect like the pitching staff as a whole this year?
0: Man, I I haven't thought about it but I'm sure the Dodgers have and I feel like that's, yeah, that's something what, they're yeah. probably thinking about and and they're working smart. to address. So they always you know usually steps ahead of other organizations. So um I don't have an answer but I'm sure the Dodgers do.
1: Yeah, I'm just curious. I'm wanting to see how that goes and what kind of shift that makes in the stats, mm-hmm. as they say. Uh, let's talk Clayton Kershaw, who uh, t- dropped out of the uh, Team USA, which I'm glad. I don't know why the heck he'd be doing that when he's already limited on innings to begin with. I know it's because it's something you always want to do. I get it. But mm-hmm. for the Dodgers, they got to be happy about that. Uh, ADP of 127. It's the old saying you might not get a lot of innings, but you're going to get very, very Quality innings when Kershaw takes the bump. Are you in at an ADP of 127?
0: uh I haven't been much, but I just started having shades of like the like trying to be like on a different plane than the masses and thinking, okay, he's had two seasons of 120 innings and everyone has them for that range. No one thinks he's going to make more than 23, 24 starts, but what if? What if a guy that had a two twenty-eight ERA last season is, you know, still elite, thirty-four years old? What if he has that season, that Verlander type season? I think it's all it's definitely within the realm of possibility. I haven't really checked up much on his health. I don't, you know, his durability. I think there are obviously some issues there. Probably a long shot, but talent wise, I mean, what if you get more than the twenty-two starts and you have yourself a true, you know, Verlander type freak that helps you, you know, helps you crush your leagues.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I haven't really gotten there yet either. But you know, if you if you get like a, an ace or maybe two, get real aggressive on pitching early, he be a heck of a three. If if you went there, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that's what you do. You'd probably have to be a two, but uh, you never know. Could could be an interesting mm-hmm. build with Kershaw. I'm not haven't been there yet. Uh, let's talk Tony Gonsolin. Obviously, amazing season last year. Made 24 starts, two one four ERA. Um, we it's been well documented how good he is. ADP of 183. Everyone's preaching regression. will obviously probably won't be that good, but could still be pretty good. Not going to say he's not going to be pretty good. What's your thoughts on Goslin?
0: Yeah, I think it's just a um health and and durability thing and obviously last season was kind of concerning, but uh I didn't even realize he only had one loss. I was just thinking yeah. back to all those games last, last season, but man, it's he just always getting run support, made 24 starts and had decisions in 17 of those, so 116 of those games and uh was, was just like rock solid every single week. I remember just watching him and I was in, I was heavily invested. Uh, my only concern ever with him was, uh, his was, was, uh, well, obviously the health, but uh, his control and the walk rate. And he really reeled that in, um, brought that, you know, walk rate down, uh, to, to, to 7% last year. It had been all over the board previously, but he had never really had a season where he could, you know, would start in full. Uh, and the, obviously the end results were great. Um, and it's impossible to have a 214 ERA really unless you are, you know, Verlander or something like that and not have expected, you know, numbers like way above that. It's, you know, it's, it's pretty clear. Um, and so I don't know. I feel like everyone is kind of off of him and everyone is, is, is hating on him. Um, and, and man, I, I feel like I should be in more than I am. Right. And, and it's not out of loyalty. It's not just because, Oh yeah. We nailed him last year and we're we're going back to the well. I mean, every case, every season is its own animal, but man, I mean, he already was an incredible run preventer previously. Uh, had like a basically an area under three um through his first, whatever it was, 150 innings in his career. But he just doubled down on it this past season, held the opposing batters to a one seventy average and had a 0.87 whip. He was pretty damn good. He might be underrated.
1: He might be underrated. I think what you said right out the gate that's keeping him down is the health concern. That's the only thing I think it is. If he, if he knew he's going 160 plus, which he could easily do, if he stays healthy, that could be a, a gift at 183. Mm. So I'm with you on that one. That might be something to reevaluate in my book going forward, but I think it's been more of a concern and taking hitters maybe in that range compared to, to pitchers, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, Noah Sendergaard, ADP at 298 first clips coming out of spring velocity coming up all this stuff you know how it goes but um what are the expectations uh, for center gardener like when i when i saw he signed there i'm like hey if there's any team that can fix this this is definitely one of them so i'm, I'm a little curious but not heavily invested yeah
0: i mean there was a there was a time when uh he so be, before he was even signed by the dodgers i don't think a lot of people were were, were clicking on him he had an adp over 350 He signed with the Dodgers and he's kind of hanging around like the low 300s. And now as people get a little bit more in tune with starting pitchers, you start to see them go a little higher. Uh, In some of my, you know, bigger DCs, you're seeing them go even like around 250, right? Because all it takes is a little bit for for people to, uh, for for the needle to be moved. And that's really the case here where you're talking about, uh, uh, you know, Fabian uh, Ardaya of The Athletic talking about uh, how he was showing an uptick in velocity. Um, you know, early on here, and and, and we know the ma- magic that the Dodgers make. So you could have incredible profit here on somebody that was well, didn't look good, good at all last year. Like I did not care for him at all um, last season. Couldn't really strike anyone out. Seventeen percent walk rate was a was a massive low, nearly ten percent his his career average. Almost seemed like a different guy, but maybe he's back. There, there really is something to um, investing in Dodgers starting pitchers that happens to work every year. They have the you know the lowest ERA of the last half decade, um, and so if you're able to get something like that on the on the cheap, like a Syndergaard, I think it's worth a shot.
1: And at worst, like Rob Silver preached over and over again at FPA's draft pitchers on good teams. Mm-hmm. So that like for the wins department, as we've talked about, and there's a reason Gosselin had 16 wins, why Urias had 37 in two years. They get the run support; they're a good ball club. So see where that takes you as well. Uh, last but not least here in the starting pitching department, Dustin May, you know, 30 innings last year. If you count the minors, close to 50. The talent hasn't been really arguable. Like He's got these pitching ninjas, one of his favorite people. Uh, there's still some walk issues from time to time. It's just health, really. ADP is a 162. I just had a hard time clicking that button because of the health. What's your thoughts on May? Because I could be completely off on this one.
0: No, I don't think you are. I think you're you're right on point. I mean, a guy that has pitched basically 50 innings, uh, 53 innings over the last two seasons, um, you know, through the Tommy John and everything. I don't think you can really expect much more than 20 starts, uh, this year. You can't really expect much more than 120, maybe 140 innings. And that's really pushing it. And that's a tough price to pay for where he's going, uh, around some of the, the, the pitchers in that range. So, uh, you know, when I put together my projections and, you know, got, got, got the VDP flowing, um, he pops out a lot lower than that. There's just there's just no way I can take him around some of the guys that are going there. He's he's better suited, uh, you know, guys you know, like around the range of um, after guys like Drew Rasmussen and Jeffrey Springs, who I expect to throw a lot more innings and could be just as good, if not better, in those innings. Um, so yeah, there's some Dodgers magic, but happening, but can only be with you know on a limited basis. He's kind of the one Dodger pitcher that I'm not really on.
1: Are there any other potential starters to keep an eye on, like a Ryan Pepio or anybody else, uh, for like deep, deep drafts, or just kind of a wait and see approach?
0: Yeah, I mean, Pepio is, I think, just a guy. He's almost like a like a placeholder. Dodgers are in a tough spot because if you're looking at this rotation health wise, it does look really shaky, and they're going to have to you know either call up these these rookies, these top prospects, or they're going to have to make some trades. Uh, and you know, I think the next two guys on the list, Bobby Miller, Gavin Stone, um, sounds to me like Bobby Miller is the more uh, a little bit more likely to be a, a semi-star uh, but has some control issues and, and, and maybe this may not be the best year for him. But I've seen people going nuts on him in, in, in draft champions. I've seen him go within the first 30 rounds, even though we don't even know when he might be called up. Um, Gavin Stone, you have some other people that are you know more like he's the more like kind of solid, maybe the average major leaguer but won't hurt you. Could be a good DC value. But I think those are the two uh, main guys in the pen that people are looking at, or in the in the minorly rotation.
1: All right, you so you mentioned pen. Let's go to the bullpen here, and it's a uh, it's a group right now. Uh, everyone's talking Evan Phillips, Daniel Hudson. That seems to be the kind of one two punch. Gratterall's still there. Uh, Vesce is a nice lefty. If you're going into drafts, how are you approaching this Dodgers bullpen?
0: Uh, I've, I've got a ton of Daniel Hudson shares and most of those are earlier. And that's when he was going past around 300, uh, just cause he's the one with a little bit more experience as a closer, uh, obviously health issues in, in the past, but when he's healthy, I think he's, he's pretty legit. Uh, Evan Phillips, the ADP where I'm seeing him go and where I'm seeing him drafted, I don't necessarily understand. Uh, I think we see him, obviously he's a, from one season based on one season. He looks like an elite reliever, but do we really know? I mean, we see guys. Um, kind of fall apart the next year and it's really hard for me to pay um, you know top 200 overall 250 overall price on a guy that I don't even know is what opportunities going to have especially on a Dodgers team that plans to go with a committee uh, that that's at least their plan going into this um, to me Evan Phillips just seems like a guy that would be better suited for some of the higher leverage roles um, maybe like a, you know an inning in a third things like that so I don't I think as long as Daniel Hudson's uh, healthy, he'll probably get the most opportunities. Um, But it's wild, right? This bullpen can be anything, really. I mean, Shelby Miller can pop up out of nowhere and get the saves. It could be Bruce or Gratterall. You know, we've been waiting for for a long time. I think it's uh, really all up in the air. Uh, But to me, Daniel Hudson is is the lead. Um, But now, with the price now in the top 250, that's kind of tough to stomach. Like, if you're going after closers, yes. If you knew who the Dodgers closer was, then what? It would be a top 100 pick, right? but we don't it's planned to be a committee. I almost look to try to get like more, you know, solid closers that are not in a committee. So I don't even have to deal with this madness uh, during the season.
1: Yeah. uh, makes a lot of sense. We know the Dodgers rack up the saves, but at the same time, who's going to get the saves makes it a little tricky. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last but not least, before we head out, are there any potential prospects in 2023? You mentioned Outman; He kind of counts as a prospect still. Mm -hmm. Um, Anybody else that we could probably you know keep on our radar for this
0: year? Uh, well, their top prospect in the organization is uh, Diego Cartaya. He's a catcher. He's in Double A. Uh, he's only 21, but he looks like uh, like he could be a future stud. I don't think it's going to be. I don't think he's going to really come into play this season. Um, but I think I, I I'm thinking that's one of the reasons they let Kybert Ruiz go at the time, or maybe they just weren't buying in him. Um, but uh, this this you know this kid looks like uh, definitely looks like a stud. Uh, and then I kind of like Michael Bush, um, twenty-five years old, lefty, number three prospect on the team, former first rounder. Um, so I'm, you know, fan of his. He's got some flexibility. He can play, you know, second place, uh, second base. He can play in the outfield. Um, I mean, I, I think he can um, end up, um, you know, taking Chris Taylor's job at some point. So well, it's a little bit of a high strikeout rate, but he's another guy I'm interested in.
1: Sweet, sweet. Should be a fun season in uh, L.A. It is going to be a little tighter, as you mentioned, because they didn't lose a few pieces of the puzzle. But uh, as an experienced Dodger um, detractor, I guess is the way I'll say it, you never count them out. They're so damn good. They're going to spend money. They're going to make it work. They're not going to throw in the towel. So I still think they're the favorites in the West. I'm not going to go away from that until it's proven otherwise. Uh, What's your thoughts on the uh, the finishing non-fantasy-related Dodgers for 2023?
0: Yeah, I mean, I've been uh, documented on podcasts saying that um, I do think that uh, it's going to be not as smooth sailing as in years past. I do think it's going to be a lot closer with the Padres. Uh, I don't think it's something I would put money on because I wouldn't want to bet against my Dodgers. Um, But you know, just from a from a standpoint of just like pure uh, talent, uh, it just seems like the Padres are a little bit stronger. Like I feel a little safer in their rotation, especially with the fact that they just signed uh, Michael Walker there to give him a, a decent number four, not have to rely on Nick Martinez and Seth Lugo as much in the back end. Um, obviously, they got Hater, great bullpen. Robert Suarez really stepped up. And then the top three, the, for those first three hitters of Soto, Tatis, Machado, is, man, it's it's unbelievable. Tatis. But I think the keys uh, for the Padres is, is Tatis being healthy and those starters holding up really is, is I think... Uh, if those things happen, I think the race is going to go to the wire and I could see the Padres winning the division. Yeah, it should be fun. It's almost
1: here, about a month away, a little over a month away. It's going to be absolutely awesome and I uh, can't wait to keep getting ready for the the big draft season. Vegas is coming up and much, much more. So, Mr. Vlad Sedler, thanks for joining me, my friend. Before we take off, remind everybody where they can find you and what you got going on
0: uh ftnfantasy.com and just uh, lo- lots of good stuff mostly my vdp rankings i mean everything from uh cut line to underdog to uh 12 teamers 15 teamers and NFBC, and i'm updating them weekly every time some uh lineup change happens or anything it's it's very uh reactive to the market but hopefully um in in the right way in the good way so ftnfantasy.com is uh, where i'm at and thank you so much for having me man i appreciate it as always always a blast my friend look forward to next time and make sure you guys check him on the twitter there at rotogut
1: this was bench with bubble your los angeles dodgers season preview catch y'all next time.